everybody. Thank you so much for tuning into this NFL Week in Review, Week Look Ahead episode of the Four String Sports Podcast. Gentlemen, week one of the NFL season is in the books, and half the league is hurt. Um, the amount of injuries sustained in week one, crazy. And we'll talk about some of them. But our season started off with the reigning Super Bowl champion, Los Angeles Rams, just getting smoked at home by Buffalo, 31-10. to 10. It was 10-0 Buffalo. Rams came back in the second quarter, tied the game up, and it was all bills after that. It was a game that featured an insane amount of turnovers. Um, how many turnovers was it? Seven total turnovers, four by Buffalo, three by the Rams. Uh, but ultimately, Josh Allen and the Bills ended up prevailing. Um, a couple of other crazy games, but let's let's first start about talk about that one because that was one that we had our, our high beams on. We were focused on uh, Buffalo versus uh, Los Angeles. Skyler said at the end of our last episode, this was his Super Bowl pick. After watching that game, Skyler, have your thoughts changed on this being your Super Bowl pick? Oh, uh, kind of, maybe. Because um, <laughs> week one takes her Okay. but I also Week one takes her rough. There's no doubt about week that. One takes, like, week one is always rough. Um, Because, like, week one, Indianapolis Colts two years ago lost to Jacksonville in Jacksonville. Um. And then, uh, but then made the playoffs and got to the divisional round in which they lost to um, the Buffalo Bills um, in like a very close game. Uh, like, like week one is usually not in, like you cannot have week one being indicative of the entire season as a whole. Well, last um, season alone, the, the number one seed in the, in the AFC and the number one seed in the NFC lost their week one games respectively by 25 and 35 points. Yeah. So wait, shit. Yeah. Um. So some like, like yeah. It's I honestly think we'll be okay. I honestly think I still would say Rams and um Buffalo because again, it's like those are the two best teams. Like I still think those are the two best teams. And honestly, watching the rest of like who we consider contenders in the NFC and AFC play excuse me, at least in the NFC play, I would hold to that. Cause I mean, green Bay, mm-hmm. who was my number two team got uh, smoked by Minnesota. Um, Tampa Bay was strong. Dallas though looked weak and their quarterbacks injured again. Um, Philadelphia ended up in a shootout with Detroit. Yeah. Yeah. Philadelphia was in a shootout with Detroit. I have to actually look at like who my contenders are. The 49ers again. lost to Chicago. Yeah. The 49ers lost to Chicago, things like that. So like, like week one is always something that you kind of have to sit there and just kind of like, okay, what's happening. Um, Washington won. I mean, so I, uh, Wentz went off on people. So through two picks back to back picks. Um, but one for four touchdowns and was like the what the third best fantasy quarterback this last weekend. That's not gonna happen a lot. Um, so it's like yeah, I, I would still I would still take buffs Rams over other teams, but that was definitely an eye opener. Um I I think the Buffs defense was better than people got gave it credit for, especially that pass rush. Mitch, you took the Rams as your underdog in that pick. Yeah. Um we talked about the offensive line quite extensively. Mm-hmm. Rams gave up seven sacks, two by yeah. Von Miller, sack and a half from Jordan Phillips, sack and a half from uh, AJ Epinesa. 
you're, you're, you're our former offensive lineman player here. Yeah. Is it salvageable for the Rams at this point, the offensive line? Or, or was the offensive line so unimpressive that it gives you doubt for the rest of the season going forward for the Rams? Again, week one hot takes here, but I think it's, I think it's rather valid given how poor that week one performance <clears throat> was. Um, yeah, I think it's definitely salvageable. Like you said, it's only week one. Um, I, I didn't watch any Rams preseason games, so I don't know if the starting offensive line was out there for all the games like the Packers did, but, uh, um, I mean, like Joseph Nopoon's going into a starting role situation, his first game starting and going against a hall, a first battle hall of famer like Von Miller. Of course, Von Miller's going to win that matchup 10 times out of 10, so, I think it's just an adjustment period. I mean, they've got some new guys. Um, obviously, they didn't plan on their uh, first offensive lineman pick of this year, who's going to be a starter, like, being out for the year. So I think it's just a lot of juggling and adjustments. Um, I, I'm not too worried about it. They always seem to figure it out. It's just week one. Um, I think they'll adjust. So I think the offensive line will adjust. Is Matthew yeah. Stafford going to adjust? One touchdown, three interceptions, sacked seven times, Really only seemed to throw it to Cooper Cup. It got to the point where the Rams were just disguising other white wide receivers lining up next to him to maybe try to try to hide who Cooper Cup was. Is the Rams offense only Matthew Stafford to Cooper Cup? I mean, Cam Akers wasn't used, didn't show up at all. Daryl Henderson had a couple of good games, but or a couple of good moments, but 13 carries, 47 yards on the game. Is the Rams offense just Matthew Stafford to Cooper Cup? And is it salvageable with Matthew Stafford, given that he threw a league leading 17 interceptions last year and kicks this season off with three? I mean, I don't know why you're surprised. I mean, look at back in Detroit. It was just him and the Megatron. Um, so just him and Cooper Cup, you know, they have that connection. I'm really surprised that uh, Allen Robinson didn't get more uh, play. I mean, he already had one catch for 12 yards. Uh, I thought he would get a little bit more, uh, you know, a little bit more opportunities with this offense just because after Cooper Cup, there's a little bit of a drop-off, and I thought Allen Robinson could go into that role, but I guess not. Um, but, yeah, and then the run game, I mean, was disappointing. Cam Akers didn't show up after he was looking amazing before the injury and came back and played solid for them. Daryl Henderson didn't even get the 50 yards rushing, and he was the lead back. Um so, yeah, I guess until other guys step up, it's really is just going to be the Stafford Cup show. Um, and as for Stafford adjusting, uh, I think he will. I mean, he had that, uh, you know, the pick sixes, like, stretch that he had, and then he went on to win a Super Bowl. So um, I think they'll figure it out. Fair, fair. So let's uh, hop around the league to a couple of other games. We'll start in our nooner slots. Um, Colts-Texans end in a tie right now. The team leading the AFC South is a team that doesn't have a win. No one in the AFC South won. Colts, Jaguars, or sorry, Jaguars and uh, Titans loss, and Colts and Texans tie in a 20 to 20 football game. Rodrigo Blankenship, our, our old favorite kicker coming out of Georgia, gets cut because of poor performance there. Saints come from behind and beat the Falcons. Bears beat the Niners in Trey Lance's first start of the season um, in. Maybe the worst conditions of football I've seen played ever. That rain game was absolutely crazy. Steelers hold on to beat the Bengals in overtime, forcing five Joe Burrow turnovers, four interceptions and a fumble, I believe. 
yeah, four interceptions and a fumble, and yet the Bengals still almost won. Um, but G- uh, TJ Watt tears his pectoral muscle. He's going to be out four to six weeks, part of that injury. Um, Eagles barely outlast the Lions, 38 to 35. Dolphins end up beating the Patriots and Mike McDaniels. Uh, first start and Tyree kills quote about that was absolutely hilarious that McDaniels is going to need a wheelbarrow for his nuts calling a a passing play on fourth and seven for a touchdown. Um, And the Ravens beat the jets uh, 24 to nine, as well as uh, sorry, as well as uh, giants hold off Tennessee and uh, the Browns led by that rookie kicker that we knocked him uh, for drafting Cade York on a 58 yard field goal beat Baker Mayfield and the Panthers and the commanders outlast the Jaguars. So that noon slot of games, what stands out to you guys? Um, anything uh, that you guys want to talk about with that uh, noon slot of games there? Um, yeah, I mean, first, uh, I have to say, the Bill Belichick should go back to the whiteboard about Matt Patricia being the offensive coordinator. Uh, not impressed. I don't think that was the smartest decision by him. I'm really questioning him, even though Bill Belichick is probably the greatest coach who's ever coached in the NFL. Uh, it's a big head scratcher, um, especially getting blown out to Miami 20 to seven. Um, but then, yeah, with uh, looking at the Giants Titans game, I was really surprised just because, um, as I said before, their team previews, I wasn't sure what kind of version of Saquon Barkley they were going to be getting. Um, you know, he came back from that original injury was kind of disappointing, but man, did he look like the Saquon Barkley of old uh, 164 yards, 18 carries, a touchdown. Um, a really clutch touchdown, by the way, too. Um, I was really surprised um, uh, by his performance, but I wasn't surprised by the Titans just because I did think there was going to be some drop-off uh, with them losing Harold Landry, and uh, we saw it. Skyler, what about you? Um, rookie kickers are only good in the AFC North, confirmed. Um I, I mean, if we're looking at the that noon slot, uh, Commanders-Jaguars was noon, right? Yep, that was okay. a great game. Um, I honestly, one did absolutely love what I saw out of that game in, in terms of for both teams. Um, because uh, Trevor Lawrence, uh, 240, uh, 270, 275 yards, touchdown and a pick. I mean, the guy still played very well. James Robinson continued to be James Robinson. Christian Kirk seems to be worth that money with six ca- catches and 117 yards. Um, but when I'm looking at Washington, we were kind of wondering how is this offense going to respond? What are they going to be doing differently? Um, I mean, they did great stuff. Uh, Carson Wentz uh, looked great. Uh, only took one sack, um, which I think is something that like we was, was a concern for us moving in. How is this team going to be playing uh, like how is his offensive line going to play? How is, how is his offense uh, going to keep Carson Wentz healthy, a guy that has continuously shown that he is injury prone? Um, they kept him up. He only took the one sack. Um, he threw for 313 yards, four touchdowns, did throw two picks. Um, but like they, he spread the wall, spread the ball around a lot. Antonio Gibson was great coming out of the back backfield, um, had seven catches for 72 yards, but like Terry McLaurin got uh, two catches for 58 yards. Curtis Samuel had eight catches. Logan Thompson with three, Jahan Dotson, uh, the rookie got two touchdowns. Um, it was amazing to see how well they spread the ball. You had, um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven different players with at least a catch. You've had six different players with at least two catches, five different players with at least three catches. Um, 
like that is that is great stuff when we're talking about um uh the kinds of things that you're looking for curtis curtis samuel was somebody that we were looking at last season that was like if he was healthy he was going to be a great number two option he came in he had 11 targets um was the most targeted wide receiver for any of them but i'm looking at that uh looking at that defense um only two sacks but i mean you get uh jonathan allen gets his sack darren Payne gets a sack um you're you're getting again some of we're seeing how these things are starting to uh uh, um accumulate we're seeing how this defense is continuously playing well they were able to hold towards the end of that that game but it but the better part for this washington team was that their offense continued to churn and make points it wasn't just relying on its defense to win that game i i was very pleasantly surprised what I saw from uh, those two teams. Um, uh, other Patriots, I'm not going to even talk about it. I'm just taking football off this year. Um, uh, I I loved what I saw out of um, that rainy game in in uh, Chicago. Chicago. I think all of us as former football players lo- like love that idea of playing in that kind of condition. It's horrible conditions. Oh, the nostalgia horrible. was as thick as the rain watching yeah, like, that game. You were yeah. like, I just wish I could be out there playing, running around. Like again, I think the perfect there was a picture of it of all the Bears players sliding into the end zone at the end. I think perfectly encapsulates it. The Eberflus era starts out with a very, uh, with a bang, beating one of the NFC uh, championship teams um, in in horrible conditions. But I would take that with a grain of salt. Again, horrible conditions, so you can't really see how either offense was going to be playing. Those are those are conditions that like favor defenses. Um, I will see Dominique Robinson with a sack and a half in that game. That was what a fifth round pick um by yep. Chicago. I absolutely love what I saw out of him. I hope he continues to thrive. Um going up against Green Bay this next week is going to be tough. Um love seeing the heart out of the Lions. Um it's going to be great. Uh Browns uh walk away uh survive against the Panthers. I really thought the Browns we were all wrong there. I thought the Browns were going to survive. Um, or you thought or, the Panthers were going to win? Or the Panthers were going to win, but uh, Brown survived that. Um, I'm concerned for the Colts, again, because getting tied with a team that I honestly think is a lot worse than them doesn't bode well for them, especially when you're guys when you leading in all statistical categories. Um, uh, on offense, that's that's rough. Um, you, you need to figure out the kicking problem. Uh, Giants do well, um, and I think that's all for the noon games. Did I get them all? Well, the only one that you didn't talk about is the one that I'm going to talk about, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati. Um, Listen, so first off, gentlemen, why don't we all give ourselves a really big pat on the back? Because two years ago when we did our Pittsburgh Steelers episode, we talked about the sleeper in waiting that Alex Highsmith was. And with a three-sack performance, the kid from from University of Charlotte really showed out. Listen, we were all really high on Cincinnati. Yes, we were all really high on Cincinnati. We we thought that with the additions they made on the offensive line, that this team was going to go places. Well, seven sacks and five turnovers later, and I am concerned about the Bengals. Now, you can say even with all that, they still only lost by three points, right? They're, the Bengals' defense actually played really well, given that the offense was gifting – field position and actually gave the first seven points to Pittsburgh on a, on a Minka Fitzpatrick pick six. The, the offense played very well. 
Evan McPherson obviously had his issues kicking. And if that dude, who's normally so solid for you, um, two or three on field goals, but missed his only extra point attempt um, of the game, if that dude is solid, the game is very different there. Bengals had the opportunity to win it right at the end. They scored a last second touchdown. All they needed was the extra point. They couldn't pull it out. Um, Jamar Chase had a great game. Joe Mixon had a great game, but it was a rough look for Joe Burrow and the Bengals week one. I fully expect them to be better going down the season um, as the season progresses here, but but that that was tough, and they don't have an easy game this next week um, when they play uh, uh, they play the Cowboys uh, next. So I'm sorry, it is going to be a lot easier because now Dak Prescott isn't there. Um, but I think we also have to put maybe just a tiny bit of respect on Mitch Trubisky's name. 21 of 35, 194 yards, had a touchdown, only got sacked once, added three carries for nine yards. Pat Fryermuth, a guy that I was the highest on out of this podcast, I think Mitch was also pretty high on him too. Um, five catches, 75 yards. Skyler had some issues. Deontay Johnson, seven catches, 55 yards. And they did it really without George Pickens. I mean, the dude was targeted three times, but only had one catch for three yards. So the dude that we were expecting to kind of be the guy that the offense runs around, at least passing-wise, wasn't there and they still got the job done. Najee Harris got hurt, but he's expected to be a full go by next week um, here. So a huge win for, for Pittsburgh there, but I'll also talk about bears Niners because as much as the bears definitely deserve that win, 12 penalties for 99 yards by San Francisco annihilated them in that game, annihilated them multiple um, unnecessary roughnesses multiple false starts, multiple offsides, multiple pass interferences on plays that just didn't need it at all. No pass rush through through so much of the football game. Um, the Bears actually had the ability to run the ball somewhat successfully at times, um, even though David Montgomery got hurt in that game. Um, and Justin Fields, I, I mean, listen, there's not much to actually like on the offensive side of the ball for the Bears in that game. Justin Fields, 8 of 17, 121 yards, two touchdowns and an interception. He was sacked twice. Um, running the ball, the Bears didn't average three yards per catch, and no one on the Bears had more than three catches, and that guy was David Montgomery. They didn't have a wide receiver who had a catch until the third quarter when uh, 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 Equinamia St. Brown finally got involved a little bit. Um, so lots to like about Chicago. They definitely deserve that win. They were down. They came back. Um, they were down 10 to nothing, scored the last 19 points of the game. But I don't know. What I'm more worried about is the discipline of the San Francisco 49ers. I mean, Chicago, we said, didn't have much of a pass rush, and they gave up – the San Francisco offensive line gave up sacks. Demarcus Robinson – or Demarquise Robinson? What is his name? I'm sorry. Dominique Robinson. Dominique Robinson. I apologize. His one-and-a-half sacks came against Mike McGlitchey and Trent Williams. Not the interior part of the offensive line that we were worried about with San Francisco, but against the best left tackle in football and their second best offensive lineman. That's concerning. And then you add on to 12 penalties and 99 yards, five penalties in the first half, seven penalties in the second half. Sorry, four penalties in the first half, eight penalties in the second half. We, we can also look at it this way. Or Dominique Robinson was a fucking steal. <laughs> Absolutely. And yeah, that's like, definitely that amazing. Yes. Yeah. No, that's that's definitely a possibility. Let's move on to our later set of games here. Uh Vikings and Kevin O'Connell's debut beat the Packers 23 to 7. Aaron Rodgers in the offense can't get anything going. 
Um, I think the only other noon game I missed actually was Ravens Jets um, in terms of reading off. So I apologize for that. that Yeah, nobody cares about that. Um, The Chiefs. Joe Flacco played. We don't care. Right, exactly. Right. The Chiefs annihilate the Cardinals. The Chargers beat Devontae Adams and the Raiders. Um, The Buccaneers beat the Cowboys 19 to 3. Dak Prescott gets hurt. He's going to be out four to six weeks. Although. Jerry Jones goes on and says that he's going to be okay by week four, which I, I don't really know if that's going to be the case. And then in a case of who can try to have the worst clock management in the game, the Seattle Seahawks outlast Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos 17 to 16 when the Denver Broncos decide that instead of putting the, the game in the uh, arms of their 200 plus million dollar quarterback, they're going to allow Brandon McManus to try a 64-yard field goal on the road. So, in that later slot of, uh, slot of games, slot of games, in that later slot of games, uh, what stood out to you guys? Yeah, I got some uh, vindication. Uh, Chargers winning. Absolutely. Uh, like, I, like I said, the Raiders' <sighs> offensive line is dog shit. Khalil Mack, three sacks. I'll take it. Um, well, it's also it also doesn't help when you're going up against Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa on the other end. That's what I said. You still guys picked Las Vegas, anyways. I was uh, the only Kansas one City. that drafted the Chargers defense, so fuck you guys, okay? <laughs> uh, as I was saying, the Kansas City, <laughs> um, even without Tyreek Hill, they didn't miss a beat. I mean, shit, Patrick Mahomes, 30 for 39, 360 yards, five touchdowns. Um, as I thought, Travis Kelsey was the leading wide receiver, eight catches, 121 yards, a touchdown. Uh, it looks like the offense is going to be just fine. Um, going to skip that Green Bay game. Um, <laughs> don't worry, I'll talk about it. <laughs> I will say though, uh, even though the the game plan was to not cover Justin Jefferson and to boost his stats, uh, it was pretty impressive that the run defense was able to limit Delvin Cook to ninety yards on twenty carries. So I will give them props there. Um, the Tampa Bay game was just kind of weird. I mean, just nothing but fucking field goals until Tom Brady decides. Ah, I guess I get one touchdown. Um, so that was a really weird game, and I'm curious to see how Tampa Bay goes forward. Um, but, yeah, with that Broncos-Seattle game, I was not expecting that. Um, and I'm just really bummed that Nathaniel Hackett, former Packers offensive coordinator, uh, decided to try to uh, break field goal records instead of give it to Russ to get him five yards. And they had three timeouts. Yeah. They had three timeouts. They had plenty of time to take the timeout, heading into that fourth down play, save the clock, and, and and sorry, it wasn't even fourth down. It was third down at that point. Save the clock and um, get closer. And, and and they just chose not to. It was complete suicide, in all honesty. Uh, Skyler, your thoughts on the, the afternoon and late night slot of games uh, and Monday night game. Monday night game. Um, I don't know what was the funnier clip. Um, seeing how many times Peyton Manning called timeout. 62. Uh, 62 <laughs> times, and they didn't call a single timeout. Or um, the San Francisco 40 – was it the Niner kicker or was it the – I don't know. One of the kickers in Chicago or San Francisco bringing out a towel. To it was the Bears try- punter to try to uh, dry the spot on the field where the ball was. So we all remember the the, uh, the, the sack fumble Tom Brady, Charles Woodson game. Yeah, no, no, the perfectly legal tuck rule game. The tuck rule game, right? But what people people don't remember is the Adam Vinatieri kick there. That game was played in a blizzard. 
uh, uh, Raiders called a timeout and Adam Vinatieri and the holder at that point cleared all the snow off of the one spot of the field where the field goal was going to be kicked. The Bears punter attempted to do a similar thing with all the rain to just try to dry off the one spot on the field they need the ball to be, but he left the towel out there and that's what caused the penalty. No, but I still have to think I, I have I no, but here's here's what I'm saying is like if we're going putts, okay? Like we're thinking we're thinking putsy kind of things to do, okay. One small white towel versus an entire soaked fucking field. <laughs> <laughs> They were squeegeeing the football field. I know, okay. Like, but that's what I have to say. Okay, we're talking putsy things. Okay. Um, again, week one is always rough. Uh, we're gonna talk about it later about like whether or not your starter should be playing and stuff like that. Um, but Green Bay is gonna be fine. Okay. To all of my to all of my Green Bay Packer fans, my family, I love you. Um, we we declared a state holiday because both Wisconsin and Green Bay lost in the same weekend, um, so we were doing fine. Um, but uh, you're gonna be fine, you guys. Your rookie wide receivers will get adjusted. You'll catch the fucking ball, putt to where I in. You'll be fine. Um, I was talking about vindication. I think Zadarius Smith was probably feeling a lot of vindication getting that sack on Aaron Rodgers for sure. Um, uh you that is some concerning things you guys did let up four sacks against uh a packers or against the vikings pass rush you decided not to cover justin jefferson um which i'm so glad i took him first overall when i could um you didn't force any turnovers the packers or the uh, vikings played a very very efficient game um there was really only one turnover um, which was an Aaron Rodgers fumble um, that was picked up by uh, Dalvin Tomlinson. Um, oh no, there was an interception too. Yeah, but it was it was right before halftime. It was basically yeah. a it was basically a yeah. hail mary punt type thing. So exactly. Um, so honestly, I, you guys will be fine. It was a rough week. It was honestly better than last week one um, against the Saints. Um, I'm gonna pump my brakes on the Chiefs takes real quick because again, we were talking about. The part of the Chiefs that's going to be successful is their offense, is their defense that we need to worry about. And when we were talking about Arizona, the thing that we were like, this defense is really, really bad. And the thing that's really, really bad on this bad defense is their secondary. And so, of course, their secondary is going to get blown apart by one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Uh, So I'm going to pump the ranks because the Chiefs now have to play Los Angeles tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that is a much better secondary and a good pass rush. And all of these other things that the Cardinals don't have. Um, so I'm going to see how the Chiefs play against them tomorrow, and then I'll see how I'm thinking about this offense. Um, uh, what are some of the other late games that I missed? Oh, yeah, uh, Tampa Bay, uh, uh, Dallas was a weird game. Um, I don't know how I feel about it. My thoughts really haven't changed on either team. Dak Prescott is okay, um, but that offense is going to suffer until he gets back in the game. Um Everybody that thinks Seahawks are now the best team in uh, NFC West, just chill your fucking chill the fuck. Uh, excuse me, if the playoffs started today, they they be representing Chicago, the NFC West. Then Chicago <laughs> and Minnesota would be in the playoffs. Okay, so let's calm the fuck down. Um, 
<laughs> calm down calm down um uh yeah and then also it is kind of weird after week one to see chicago and minnesota are at the top of the at the event of c north um i'm it was so the sorry same, uh no it wasn't the same last year um no, it, it was, wasn't it was similar it was similar um, but yeah, that's my that's my takes for late game stuff. So late game stuff. First off, it's so nice to see that Josh McDaniels is in midseason form. Um, listen, when 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 we did our Raiders preview, we all sat here and we said, "Wow, this offense has the potential to look really good as long as they don't make the entire focus of the offense Devontae Adams." And then what did they do? They made the entire focus of the offense Devontae Adams. He played great. 10 catches, 141 yards, uh, and a touchdown. Absolutely fantastic. Darren Waller had a good game. Four, four catches, 79 yards. All of Darren Waller's catches came in the fourth quarter. Uh, uh, Hunter Renfro, three catches, 21 yards on six targets. You, you've you got these other weapons. You've got to use them. And then on top of that, you talk about the, – the, I, I was expecting – you know, the Raiders' offensive line was bad last year, but it wasn't as bad as it, as it could have been. So I gave them the benefit of the doubt. Five sacks, a sixth if you include the pass play Devontae Adams attempted, um, which which was a sack, and three interceptions by Derek Carr. This Raiders team already looks like they're falling apart. So so the one kind of nice thing – now, again, it's week one. These are all hot takes. Don't get me wrong. But the one kind of nice thing about everybody saying, okay, well, Devontae Adams had more yards than all Packers wide receivers in that game is that at the end of the day, both teams ended up with a loss. And I'm more worried about the Raiders than I am about the Packers. I think Skyler hit it on the head very well moving over to the Packer Viking game. Um, the, the Packers are going to be fine here. Listen, the, the the Vikings got four sacks without the Packers, two best offensive linemen out there. I'm not worried about it. Christian Watson dropped a touchdown, but it was the first time he'd been targeting an NFL game. I'm not worried about it. Romeo Dobbs, I thought, had a couple of really great plays. Juwan Winfrey had a, had a great play. Bob Tanyan looked like he was in a solid form. Um, Aaron admitted it, you know, Aaron Rodgers talked about it. There were plenty of moments and opportunities that he had that he didn't pull the trigger on that could have gotten the team more points. This was a Packer team that got the ball all the way down to the Minnesota one yard line and turned the ball over on downs. They had a, um, there were miscues. This game was a lot closer than the 23 to seven scoreboard indicates. Um, and Aaron Rodgers and the Packers just have to get gelled i think part of that is going to go to aaron Rodgers finding the targets he's comfortable with and that's bob tanyan and randall cobb when the packers had their one touchdown drive and when they moved the ball down to the minnesota one those guys were highlights of the offense on the crucial downs that's where it was at but the other thing and this goes this goes to matt lafleur i i don't give a shit if aaron Rodgers is your quarterback you have to run the ball more than 18 times in a football game you you have to when 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 your expectation is that Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon are going to be focal points of your offense. Aaron Jones can't touch the ball eight times in a game. He's got to touch the ball more. Five carries for 49 yards, three catches for 27 yards. So the dude was averaging nine yards a catch and 9.8 yards a carry, but you only let him touch the ball eight times. That's that's ridiculous. A.J. Dillon, 10 carries, 45 yards, and a touchdown, and he led the team in receiving five catches, 46 yards as well. So these are your two guys, and they worked wonders for you. And then about halfway through that third quarter, you completely abandoned them on your offense, and it's why it's why your offense fell apart after the touchdown drive um, that you had. 
What I liked was that there was a good plethora of wide receivers and, and pass catchers who caught the ball. Dobbs had four catches. Tanya had three. Watson had two. Deguara had two. Jones had three. Watkins had three. Uh, and then Winfrey Cobb and Davis had one, two, and one respectively. So I, I like that. And I actually thought our defense played pretty well in that second half. Awful in that first half in terms of covering Justin Jefferson. But Justin Jefferson in the first half of that game, uh, six catches, 158 yards, two touchdowns. Second half, three catches, 36 yards, a drop, and a uh, offensive pass interference call. So much better in the second half than than in the first half. I, I'm not worried about Green Bay um, in the long run, um, and I'm not going to take Minnesota too seriously at this point because they struggled to run the ball. Kirk Cousins only had one sack, but he was under pressure the entire day. Um, Kirk Cousins, to me, was actually relatively underwhelming in that game. I don't think his ball placement was great. Um, I don't think his pocket awareness was fantastic. Um, he had two dropped interceptions throughout that game, um, which was the same story as last year when Green Bay lost in Minnesota. So take it for what it's worth. Um, but the uh, I, I don't love Minnesota's rush defense, and I didn't love their rush offense, and that's stuff that they have to worry about. When Green Bay plays Minnesota again later in the season, if Elton Jenkins and David Bakhtiari are out there, um, I think Zedarius Smith and Daniil Hunter and those guys are going to have a lot harder time um, getting to the quarterback as, as effectively as they did. So, so I'm not, I'm not super worried about that um, for Buccaneers. Cal, go ahead. I'm going to push back just a little bit on that Raiders take. Cause again, they did lose the game. And that is that like, that's the stat that matters. That matters the most wins losses. We'll totally and completely agree with you on that. But when I'm talking, when you're talking about like, this was a team that was completely and totally dominated. I, I disagree. Because I, I look at in like midseason form, like like okay, Las Vegas turned the ball over three times. Mm-hmm. They still only lost by five. And again, they would and when we're looking at it, they had three penalties for eleven yards, so they weren't beating themselves up in that kind of category. Um, so you're looking at um the ability for the Los Angeles to rush the ball, which again is something that they are good at with Austin Eckler. They only averaged uh, 2.5 yards per carry. Um, you're looking at, um, uh, you're looking at uh, yards per play. They're right around the same. They had the similar kinds of yards, things like that. Uh, third down efficiency was uh, they had one less than the Chargers did in uh, three less tries like those are different different kinds of things um like that that is a good blueprint to move forward from i do completely and totally agree getting sacked for six times doesn't help you at all and the three interceptions really really hurts and you do need to find a way to diversify um your offense but in terms of uh uh, a week one game in which we don't know what we're expecting. You're playing away to Los Angeles, which we're all like is one of the better teams moving forward. I honestly think that like you, you have room to approve from one of the big critiques that you had against uh, the, the Packers. You need to run the ball more. If you are averaging almost five yards per carry, you need to be running the ball more. Mm-hmm. I completely Absolutely. agree with, with Josh Jacobs. Like, again, I will agree to that, like diversify your offensive stat, but like just because they didn't get a lot of pressure and or sacks on Herbert because they got zero sacks, they still only allowed 2.5 yards of rushing per carry from that chargers offense, which is something that you should hang your hat on because when you're going to, when you're coming as a defense, because when you're coming down later um, in the season and you're looking at when they have to come play in Las Vegas, 
that's going to be something that you can you 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 can go against. So it's like that they are not being able to diversify what they need to do. That's all I have to say. I'm I'm done with my take. Um, I in me watching the Chargers Raiders game, the game was a lot further away than the twenty four to nineteen score score right Raiders also had a turnover on downs now granted it was at the end of the game they had to go for it there but the Chargers uh, took it downs on their second drive with the uh, ball at the Raiders like 40 yard line they chose not to take the field goal there that should have been three and the Chargers missed a field goal as well the scoreboard should have been 30 to 19 at the very least but it but, should have been but it wasn't but That's then you also add on that that uh, that uh, two of his three two of Derek Carr's three interceptions happened in Chargers territory and one of them happened uh, in the end zone. So you've got, you've got to be better in that aspect. This was a 10 and seven football team who made the playoffs last year and took Cincinnati, you know, in a relatively close game versus a Chargers team that last year you beat without Devonte Adams. Um, and, and yeah, they held the Chargers offense to 2.5 rushing yards uh, per carry, which is fantastic. But we all know that's not where the bread and butter of this Chargers offense is going to be. And the fact that the Chargers spread the ball so well, I don't think anybody on the Chargers team had more than four catches um, in that entire game. And yet Justin uh, or Justin Herbert had 20-plus completions, I believe. Um, it, it, that game was not as close as, uh, as the scoreboard indicates there. Um, but the last thing I just want to talk about, and it's in my opinion, the last thing I want to talk about with that uh, Tampa Bay versus Dallas game, Dallas season's over. Sorry. With that offensive line and Dak Prescott hurt to me, the season's over. Um, Tampa Bay. I think we have to give a mad amount of props to because yeah, they only put up 19 points, but the Tampa Bay defense was spot on. And given the Tampa Bay was already walking into this game with a ridiculously hurt offensive line. And then you lose Donovan Smith in the, in the second quarter and still are able to, to keep Tom Brady relatively clean um, two sacks on the day. Um, Leonard Fournette, 21 carries, 127 yards. So at the very least, you know that your offensive line is good enough to get a solid push uh, to run the ball. And I think that's where Tampa Bay is going to have to kind of succeed is with running the ball. Mike Evans looks solid. Uh, Mad props to Julio Jones, who had five touches total for uh, over 80 yards on the day. Uh, He looked really good. Um, But I, it was a weird game, but the the outcome was never in doubt. From the first moment the Dallas offense took the field, it was horrible to watch. Um, and and I feel bad for Deck Prescott that he had to go out and deal with that shit all night. He had no wide receivers. Um, CeeDee Lamb, who was the only one that he actually had, uh, was targeted 11 times and only had two catches. Like, just nothing working for Dallas. Um, <clears throat> Noah Brown looked okay. Dalton Schultz looked okay. No rushing game, really. Um, and and by the time they they wanted to get into the rushing game, the game was sort of out of reach that they knew they needed to start passing it. Um, so let's move on to our picks for week two. At the end of week one, we're all tied in points. Mitch and Skyler went seven and nine on their picks. I went six and ten, but I was the only one who got my underdog correct, which means that if the season ended today, I would be what? The champion again. So – um, we will uh, hop into our week two picks. Starts off Thursday night football, Chargers at Chiefs. Chiefs are favored by four at home, but the Chargers are going to be walking in with a couple of injuries. No Keenan Allen and no word as of yet on whether J.C. Jackson plays. 
However, Kansas City, biggest storyline there, no Harrison Butker. They're going to be out there starting kicker. They've signed uh, Matt Amendola, I believe, who was with the Jets most recently. He's going to be their starting kicker. Both teams 1-0. Mitch, we'll start it off with you. Chiefs, Chargers, who are you taking? I'm going to go Chiefs in a close game. Um, like you said, there is injuries to watch in this game. No Kenny Allen. It'll be interesting to see if Justin Herbert can uh, – be able to diversify again like he did um, against the Raiders, you know, giving it to DeAndre Carter, who had a huge catch. Uh, Jared Everett got in there. Some other guys, it'll be interesting to see if he can do that again. Um, you know, Chiefs have some definitely some concerns. You know, they don't have their kicker. Uh, I believe Trey Smith is kind of questionable, and Trent McDuffie's on the IR now, so that secondary is a little bit more of a concern, but I don't know. It's just I'm going to roll with Patrick Holmes after seeing what they're able to do um, with the offense. Uh, still have a guy like Travis Kelsey. Um, it was really it was encouraging to see what Pacheco could do. Um, I, I don't have any concerns with this offense, um, so I'm going to roll with Kansas City. I'm also going to take Kansas City again. What concerns with this team isn't their offense, it's their defense. Um, but with – I think it's going to be a close game. I think Chargers' defense keeps it, specifically if Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa can keep having the days that they did. Um, but without J.C. Jackson, I really think that um, they won't be able to hold on enough to stop the firepower that this offense has. I still need to see um, – Derwin James is healthy. He's healthy. He's healthy. Yeah. Um, that him versus Kelsey is going to be an interesting matchup to watch. And then, um, so I, I think someone else, you're not going to be able to do what you did against Arizona, against this Los Angeles team. So MVS, the, uh, Nicole Hardman, um, Sky Moore, somebody's going to have to show up. Uh, who's going to show up. I have faith in that though. Um, because without, um, Keenan Allen and Mike Mike Williams wasn't really targeted a lot in that win against Las Vegas. Um, Austin Eckler, somebody like that. Um, they're not playing as well as I would hope that they could be um, at this point. Even though they did win uh, offensively, they were pretty one dimensional, and they need to be. They can't be one dimensional against this Chiefs team. Even with my concerns with their defense, you need to be. You need to keep them guessing because that's how you're going to be able to win them if you can get them set. Um, who is the defensive coordinator? For the Kansas Chargers? For oh, for Spagnola. Spagnola. Spags is is a smart enough defensive coach that if you're going to be one dimensional, he'll shut you down. Um, you have to be two dimensional. Um, so with that in, in mind, I'm going to take Kansas City. JC Jackson is officially questionable. Just he, questionable. Is, he is questionable. Yeah. Um, yeah. I may fall back on this depending on how the rest of these picks go. I'm going to say the Chargers start 2-0 and with two wins in the AFC West. Are you taking them as your underdog? I don't know yet. I'm going to wait to see how the rest of the picks go. I, this this is going to be my fallback if, like, depending on order, it doesn't all work out. Um, no. So, uh, uh, Chargers, I'm not too worried about the run game. You've got Austin Eckler, who's a better halfback than I think what Kansas City has um, in that room. If you need to run the ball, you'll be able to run the ball. You've invested in the offensive line. Um, but it, it, to me, it comes down to defense. Even without J.C. Jackson, I'm going to talk about the same points that Mitch talked about. Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa are better than the pass rushers the Chiefs are going to put out there on the field. It, and I think that that given that he's not going to have – that Patrick Mahomes outside of Travis Kelsey isn't going to have that immediate go-to guy, 
with a little bit of a weaker offensive line, I'm going to give my nod to the Chargers. I think it's going to be a shootout. I fully expect like a 45 to 42 football game. I think whichever football team, if it's not that a team is kicking a field goal to win the game, whichever football team kicks the first field goal loses the game. Because after that, it's got to be touchdowns. Um, But this is a Chargers team that we've seen in the past go toe-to-toe with Kansas City. I think the Chargers are better in the secondary. I think the Chargers are just as good at the linebacker position. I think they're better on the defensive line. Even without J.C. Jackson, I still like that cornerback room. We talked about Asante Samuel Jr. Um, That's there. No Trent McDuffie for the Chiefs, I think, definitely hurts, given how much they invested in him. Um, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey are going to do everything they can to will the Chiefs into into this game being close. And I think it's going to be close. In Arrowhead is a tough place to play on a short week, especially after going from one divisional opponent to another. But I'm I, I'm going to buy into what the Chargers are doing early so that if it doesn't work out, I can back out before the rest of the season happens. I'm going to take the Chargers to win. Um, Skyler, we'll have you kick us off here. Houston – oh, no, I'm sorry. We're sticking in the noon slot. Um, uh, the New York Jets travel to Cleveland to take on the Browns. Joe Flacco starting in this game. The Browns coming off of that win against Carolina and Baker Mayfield. Jacoby Brissett, your boy, went 18 of 34 for a buck 47 and a touchdown. Nick Chubb had 141 rushing yards. Um, Donovan Peoples-Jones had 60 uh, receiving yards on six uh, receptions. Um, But the injury report looks tough for the Jets. Jordan Whitehead, John Frank Myers, George Fant, um, Braxton Berrios, all questionable. Zach Wilson for sure out. Uh, The line sits at uh, six and a half favoring Cleveland. Who are you taking? Before I make my pick, I need. I think Brady owes an apology to Nick Chubb. For what? You said that he wasn't that good of a running back. No. Yes, I we never said time. that. When we were doing our Cleveland preview, I'm pretty sure that's what you said. No, 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 no. I would never speak the words that Nick Chubb is not a good halfback. Those would have never been spoken out of my mouth. Because you don't want to receive a revenge, Chubb, correct? Okay, anyways. I've get I've got uh, enough revenge Chubbs in my life, man. I don't need another one. Okay. Did you just make that up for that joke, Skyler? No, I did not. I don't need I the honestly, citizens of Chubbtown, Georgia, coming down my neck I, here, okay? I honestly did think that he spoke bad of our good uh, of the good Sir Nick Chubb. No, I spoke um, slanderous words on the Cleveland offensive line, but I would never speak slander on Nick Chubb. Towards, not Nick Chubb. Okay, um, I'm going to take Cleveland. Uh, seeing what they were able to do last week against uh carolina and be able to persevere um against a team that i think all three all three of us agreed was going to win that game yes um jacoby Brissett played relatively well um nick chubb was nick chubb all hail nick chubb um and the jets are the jets um so <laughs> with all of those injuries uh with the browns defense continuously being brown like that good of a defense i'm gonna take uh i'm taking cleveland um, yeah, I'm taking Cleveland as well here. Um, it's, I actually don't think the Jets played too bad against Baltimore. Um, they gave up some deep plays, but some deep passes, but they, they held Lamar Jackson relatively in check. And he only had like 31 rushing yards on 11 carries or something. Um, but the offense is just bad. It, it's, it's, it's just bad. I, I don't think they, I, I don't know what it's going to look like with Zach Wilson in there and having a truly mobile quarterback. But even with the uh, pieces that they added throughout free agency and the draft, the offensive line still doesn't look great. The wide receiver room still doesn't look great. Um, it's just young and inexperienced. Um, it, it's Cleveland all the way. I, I think Nick Chubb is going to go for north of 120 again in this game um, against the Jets. Mitch, who are you taking? 
I think I'll go with Cleveland. I was a little bit tempted to go with the, the Jets, only just because when you're looking at the stats, the, the Jets played a better team in the Ravens over the Panthers. I think we can all agree about that. Yeah. And they put up, and they put up more offense, and the defense held better than Cleveland did against the Panthers. So that's a little bit concerning to me. But it is the Jets, so I do think I'll go with Cleveland. Um, you know, Nick Chubb had an amazing game first week, and I think he'll be able to do that, especially if a guy like John Franklin Myers is going to be out. Um, but I will say, I don't know if they're going to get it done through the passing attack because DJ Reed and Sauce Gardner did have a nice debut as a tandem. Uh, DJ Reed, I think. Uh, gave up has zero passer rating right now and sauce gardeners and also in the top 10 so take a look at that absolutely we talked about sauce gardner had an impressive preseason but i would also like to point out that this was a team that i hammered over the fact that they do not have or uh that baltimore does not have pass catchers and so when your top has shot bateman 70 yard touchdown might Speaking of I, I was pretty good. I mean, it's pretty great. It's amazing. Rashad Bateman and Mark Andrews. Those are the two. You got one and two. There you go. Okay. And there's, yeah. So that's really, and both of them can play slot. So if you don't have Sauce Gardner or, or Reed on the slot, then it's pretty easy because, again, there's no one else again. Week one takes are great if they true, prove true the rest of the season. But I do agree. Sauce Gardner, DJ Reed are a good young, young duo, but the rest yeah. of the team sucks. So we will uh, we'll head over to uh, Washington versus Detroit. Detroit, the home team, favored by a point and a half, which means you could pick them as an underdog there. Washington coming off of a, a twenty-eight to twenty-two win against Jacksonville. Detroit lost thirty-eight to thirty-five to a Philadelphia team that we were very high on, um, but the injury report looks tough for the Detroit offensive line. Jonah Jackson questionable. Taylor Decker questionable. Um, Halapuli uh, Halapuli Vati Vaitai on injured reserve. Frank Ragnow, questionable. Um, Ragnow and uh, DeAndre Swift didn't practice on Wednesday. DeAndre Swift and Michael Brockers are also questionable. Um, meanwhile, for uh, Washington, Trey Turner, Cameron Curl, questionable, as well as Wes uh, 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 Schweitzer and Jonathan Allen. So they've got issues on the offensive and defensive line. Um, we will kick it off with myself, um, Detroit versus Washington. I'm I don't know, guys. Maybe I'm buying into the bullshit. I'm going to buy into the bullshit a little bit. It's still early enough in the season. I'm tied with you guys. I'm going to pick the Detroit Lions to win this football game. Are um, they your underdog? No. Um, I they're not. I can't. I, I'm not going to. I'm not going to invest that. Also, much I'd into like to Detroit point out Lions. that this is the first time. What did you already say? This is the first time they've been favored in a game in uh like 24. No, I have not weeks. Yeah. Like this is the first time where the point the point spread favors Detroit in like twenty four some weeks, and it only favors them because it happens to be in Detroit. If this game was in Washington, it'd be one and a half to Washington, uh, which is crazy. Um, well, no, but, but again, the fact that the, the line is close enough that if absolutely that three favorite, yeah, no, yeah. Um, Detroit secondary looked bad. Detroit has issues on their offensive line. They didn't run the ball very well. Actually, Detroit ran the ball fantastic. 181 rushing yards. I apologize. <laughs> no, I was looking at the, I was looking at the Washington statistics. Detroit is a horrible. I mean, the best running the team best so in decades. Um, 181 rushing yards. What I liked about their defense was that it it was actually pretty good against the pass outside of their coverage against AJ Brown. Obviously, I had issues against the run, but Washington doesn't run the ball very well as is. 
And despite how good that Washington defensive uh, front was supposed to be against Trevor Lawrence and a really awful Jacksonville defensive front, they only had two sacks in the game. I'm buying into the MCDC bullshit. I'm going to pick the Lions to win. Yeah, I'm also going to pick the Lions to win. I was going to, I, <laughs> I, I was going to pick them as my underdog pick, but the DeAndre Swift injury is making me a little less confident. But I'll still pick them to win. Um, I think it's more with just because I need to see another good game out of Washington to believe it. If Carson once can put up the same numbers without the interceptions, um, and be able to you know give it to John Dotson to Terry if Curtis Samuel can look good again. Uh, Gibson can stay fumble free again. Um, and then, you know, what Detroit was able to do against the Eagles team, who I think has a better defense than Washington. Um, I think they're going to be able to do it, especially when you, you look at Washington and their weakness on defense is that back seven. Um, so I'll, I'll roll Detroit as well. Let's make it three for three and pick a Detroit. Oh. Also, I had, I had Detroit down. There's no so, way Detroit wins this football game now. I know. I think the last time we all picked Detroit to win was last season when they were playing like Pittsburgh or somebody. I can't remember. Um, and they tie Pittsburgh won. Oh. I can't remember. But the funny thing was, is Brady, as soon as you were like, I'm feeling spicy, I need to get ahead with these guys. I think Detroit. I just like shit. A shitty grin. I was like, oh. that was a video like I picked Detroit too. Like, I'm sorry, bud. Um, uh, <laughs> um hey, yeah, you no. know what? At least it means that if I get it, if I lose, it, it, it doesn't really matter. Like, if Detroit loses, it doesn't really matter in the long run. <laughs> yeah, you're still losing. Um, no, you're winning, damn it. Uh, yeah, no, I I agree. I think Detroit played a better team than Jacksonville. Um, I think their offense, specifically the the tandem of Swift and Jamal Williams, has worked out really well. I I honestly am not as concerned with uh, Swift being out because I think Jamal Williams continue can like I think he's shown in Green Bay he can carry a load. Um, and I think that against this Washington. Do you like to say something, Brady? <laughs> um, no. The, um, I, think that, I think in this game, <laughs> I think this game they'll be fine. I love what I saw out of Armand's uh, Amon Rossi Brown. Um, both Sam Brown brothers got touchdowns last week. Uh, I honestly think it's going to continue to play uh, well. I love what Dan Campbell is doing. Uh, what future Nebraska head coach Dan Campbell is doing in Detroit. Um it's it's honestly been really good i i i just kind of it's more of i want detroit to win like i really want them to win as much as like washington is a team i like um i want detroit to win so detroit mitch why don't you start us off in the nfc south showdown tom brady who has yet to beat the saints as the tampa bay buccaneers quarterback outside of the playoffs Mm -hmm. goes to uh, new orleans to take on the saints saints came from behind down 26 to 10 to beat the falcons um, and we talked about Tampa Bay winning 19 to three over Tampa Bay, uh, both teams with a pretty extensive injury report as of right now, but pretty much everybody just questionable guys like Alvin Kamara, um, Landon Young, Cam Jordan, Marcus May questionable for the saints, Julio Jones, Chris Godwin's for sure out. He's listed as questionable to my understanding. There's no chance he plays, um, but Leonard Fournette, uh, Brashard Perriman, and Tristan Wirfs, all questionable. And Donovan Smith, we still don't know the extent of that wrist injury of his as to how he's impacted. Uh, Saints, Buccaneers, who are you taking? Uh, line is Saints at two and a half. Or sorry, Tampa Bay at two and a half. 
yeah, I'm going to go with uh, my underdog, uh, New Orleans Saints. Um, you know, like we've seen the past couple of years that Tom Brady's been there, Dennis Allen kind of hasn't figured out. And the often in the performance against the Dallas Cowboys didn't really give me that much confidence, and especially when guys like Godwin's not going to be there, Julio Jones is questionable, Fournette, who's their best rusher, is questionable, the bookends are questionable. That's uh, a little bit of a concern to me. And the Saints team, you know, it came down to the wire with the Atlanta, but uh, they showed they have the medal. Jarvis Landry looked amazing in his debut with them. Seven catches, 114 yards. Taysom Hill looks better as that gadget player instead of a starting fucking quarterback. Um, and, you know, this defense is still pretty rock solid. So I'm going to roll with the Saints my underdog. I'm also going to pick the Saints. Um, I like it, it was just it wasn't to stick. Um, Brady, how often has Tom Brady beaten the Saints in regular season? Uh, I the, don't as know. The, as the Tampa Bay quarterback. Oh, he's 0 and 4. Okay, 0 and 4. Um, 1 and 0 in the playoffs. That's all I need to hear. They lose. You're taking. Uh, oh, God. I'm tempted to take Tampa Bay now. Ooh. Do it. Do it. You won't. Yeah, I guess. Because what matters more, that you keep the lead that you have or you might gain. No. No, 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 no. I'm always looking for a reason to to, to double bird you guys. Oh, this is tough because the Tampa Bay defense still looked really, really good. However, they weren't obviously playing top opponents. I think the Saints still have a good offensive line. That can keep Jameis Winston healthy, um, but th- it, it worries me how inefficient the Saints were to start that game off, and it and it worries me how really how close they were to. It, it's a Saints team that we were all relatively high on, um, that we we thought had. I wasn't. We thought had potential um, against a Falcons team that really none of us were particularly high on this season. Um, this is this is tough, but it's in it's in Nola. I'm gonna take the Saints. Um, I just I, I I think it ultimately comes down to offensive lines, and and the Saints just have a better offensive line than what Tampa Bay does, in my opinion. I mean, Tampa Bay right now is Shaq Mason, who you got for a six round pick, which we agreed was a steal. But there's also a reason the Patriots were willing to depart with him for a six round pick. Um, even with even if Cam Jordan doesn't play and he's only questionable, um, there's there's a solid possibility here. Now let me write a question by you guys right now. If Alvin Kamara misses the game, he's questionable right now. If he misses the game, does that change your pick? Uh no, because Taysom Hill was their uh, lean rusher and they just did fine. Yeah, no. Okay, cool. Because then Tampa Bay hasn't because Tom Brady hasn't beaten New Orleans in the in the regular season. Cool. Then, yeah, we'll make it three for three. We'll go for NOLA. Um, uh, Matt Rule travels up to Big Blue to take on Brian Daybell and the uh, Giants. Skyler, you'll kick us off. Panthers at Giants. Panthers coming off of that loss to um, Cleveland. Baker Mayfield threw a touchdown and a pick. Christian McCaffrey at 33 yards on the ground. Um, uh, and the injury report doesn't look awful for either team. Taylor Moten, questionable. For Carolina, they have a couple of other guys, but they're mostly backups. Um, and the uh, but the Giants, uh, uh, Kayvon Thibodeau is still questionable. Saquon Barkley had a great game. 
Uh, Browns, or sorry, Panthers, Giants, Skyler, who are you taking? Giants are a two-point favorite, so therefore they they, they qualify I, as an underdog. For my dog, so I'm taking the Giants as my dog. Um, I really liked what I saw out of uh, them. I loved what they were able to do with Saquon Barkley. Brian Dayball has been able to kind of unlock what this offense can do. Um, I I think against this um, offense, and I, I'm also looking at um, some of uh, the different kinds of injuries we have. Aziz Ojolari is questionable. Thibodeau is questionable. Or sorry, Thibodeau is questionable. Wondell Robinson is questionable. Um, those are important, uh, important pieces, but I think that they'll all be able to come back um, and play for this Giants team. Um, none of them are too concerning. And then the Giants offense was just leagues uh, uh, above um, what um, what the Panthers were able to do. Uh, so you have very similar kinds of, of gadget players, um, and the Giants were able to run the ball a lot more effectively. Um, specifically, I'm looking at the 217 yards allowed that the Carolina had against Cleveland yes, uh, last week. And uh, I think that the Giants are going to be able to replicate that kind of production um, at the rushing level, specifically because the Giants were able to hold Tennessee to only 93 yards um, with a very good running back. Right back. I like what the Giants were able to produce. I'm going to go Giants. Yeah, I mean, this is <coughs> – listen, Carolina gave up 141 rushing yards to – Nick Chubb last week. Um, uh, Saquon Barkley had a buck 64 against Tennessee. Um, I, I'm taking the Giants also um, because for the first time since he's been there, the offense isn't solely reliable, uh, relying on Daniel Jones to make plays. The offensive line was able to get a push to run the ball effectively. Um, the Giants still had some pass catchers who who made plays for him. Sterling Shepard had 71 yards um, and a touchdown, but he only had two receptions. Um, it, but it's, it, Christian McCaffrey didn't run the ball very well. Baker Mayfield doesn't really seem to understand the offense. And I think a large part of that is just, um, him coming into camp so late. I'm going to take the giants also to win this game. Mitch. I'm going with Carolina for one reason. And one is one reason only Saquon Barkley was on the Manning cast and sealed his team's fate. Oh, oh God damn it. Damn it. <laughs> All right. Well, too late to change the pick. Um, I'll kick us off here. Patriots. Wait, wait, did you pick? I'm just kidding. I took the I Giants. Okay, I, I was giving you the opportunity to change your pick. To change my pick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I got didn't. it afterwards. Yeah, I got no. it afterwards. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> Patriots at Steelers. Patriots start an unexpected, well, unexpected for everybody but me, 0-1. Um, oh uh, Steelers starting out an unexpected 1-0. Um, Mac Jones on the injury report list for New England. Piercy is going to be fine, but talking about a back injury, no TJ Watt for uh, Pittsburgh, but they say Najee Harris is going to be good to go. Um, yeah, gentlemen, I it's hard for me to pick against Bill Belichick, but I'm going to do it two weeks in a row, and I'm going to go with Pittsburgh to win this football game. Um, the <clears throat> New England offensive line looked not bueno against Miami. Um, and even though Mac Jones only got sacked twice, uh, the, the strip sack was bad. The receivers don't look like they're really able to create space. Hunter Henry looks like a hell of a bust at tight end. Um, and the running back by committee thing 
works if you're really committed to the running game or you're committed to one back being uh, in a certain situation. And the Patriots just really weren't. Defensively, issues with the pass rush, issues at the cornerback position. Um, we saw that Mitchell Trubisky last week played a, a relatively clean game, showed an ability not to turn the ball over. What I worry about is that neither of these teams run the ball very well, um, and the Patriots are very good at stopping the running game. Um, so that's where Pittsburgh's gonna gonna struggle. But if Pittsburgh can can keep on with the running game, they they stand a really good chance. They don't have to play receivers like Jamar Chase. They don't have to play a halfback like Joe Mixon this week. I'm gonna take Pittsburgh to beat uh, New England. Uh, Mitch, who are you taking? Yeah, I'm gonna roll with Pittsburgh as well. Um, you know, even with TJ Watt going out, if Alex Pie Smith, you know, is able to bruise three sacks against the runner-up for the Super Bowl. Um, it's it's nice to believe in that. Uh, Micah Fitzpatrick, you know, is putting his case in for Defensive Player of the Year with the performance that he had. It's going to be tough, especially with the going against the you know for Mac Jones, and it's just hard to believe in a Matt Patricia-led offense. And I'm going to go with the Steelers. Brady, are you taking uh, Pittsburgh as your dog? Mm-hmm. No. Okay, just wonder. Um, because you have now we both picked our dogs, so you can. I know I have pick of the litter, and that's what really scares me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, he just doesn't want to pick the runt. Um, I'm so scared. Uh, I'm gonna. I guess I'm gonna go against my two co-hosts here. I'm gonna take New England. Um, yes, what I saw. Uh, uh, from what the small glimpses I saw, uh, from New England at at uh, Miami was concerning. Um, but this is still a very very well coached team, and TJ Watt's not going to be there. Um, I disagree with my co-hosts on uh how this offensive line plays. I think they actually play relatively well. That strip sack withheld. Um, I think that when we're talking about two teams that need to run the ball in order to create play action in order for their quarterbacks to, to do well, I think that Brady hit it on the on the head. Pittsburgh doesn't run the ball very well. New England didn't run the ball very well last week. New England has a history of running the ball well. New England can defend against the run very well. And this is still Mitchell Trubisky. Um the again, we want to talk about that it was a blowout, but again, it was what's 20 to 7 was the final score yeah that's a two possession game it is not a blowout it is not that is something that a fourth quarter comeback can produce um and it's different when you're talking about Tua who's finally living up to his expectations Tyreek Hill is one of the most dynamic slot wide receivers that has ever been uh in the league and Mike McDaniels who is part of some of the uh part of some of the best offenses uh scoring wise that we've seen come through um in in football um, as the head coach and play caller. Uh, those are things that we need to take into consideration as well. Um, the Pittsburgh offense is nothing to write home about. You guys, they had five turnovers, and they still almost lost the game. It went into overtime, and usually Evan McPherson hits that kick. Um, that's all something that that is worrying as a Pittsburgh fan, especially when you're talking about a team that is much, much more efficient than the Cincinnati Bengals and the New England Patriots. I'm taking New England. Hey, New England. Um, Mitch, kick us off here. Indianapolis at Jacksonville. Uh, Colts walking in undefeated, technically, uh, taking on a Jacksonville team who lost last week to Washington. Uh, Colts cut Rodrigo Blankenship, uh, bringing a new kicker. I don't actually know who they brought in. Um, Jacksonville, nobody on the injury report. 
We saw flashes out of Travis Etienne. James Robinson had a couple of touchdowns. Trevor Lawrence versus Matt Ryan. Who are you taking? I'm going to go with Jacksonville. Um, you know, it's in Jacksonville. Jacksonville's kind of had the Colts number for a while now. Um, and it's really concerning that uh, Colts team uh, that had the stat line of, let's see, Matt Ryan, 32 of 50, 352 yards. Jonathan Taylor almost had 200 yards. Michael Pittman had over 100 yards, and they're still only tied the Houston Texans. That's kind of concerning for me. And Jacksonville showed some nice things. Uh, Trevor Lawrence looked a lot better. Um, Trayvon Walker had a hell of a start with a stack on a pick. Um, I'm going to say, uh, you know, the Jags beat him. Skyler, Jacksonville, Indianapolis. Um, I'm going to – I'm also going to go Jacksonville. Um, I liked what I saw out of uh, Jacksonville against uh, a pretty good Washington defense, spe- specifically that front seven. Um, I, I think that if they continue to do well um, with uh, James Robinson and Travis Etienne as that mixed match, uh, Robinson was played much better than Etienne did, obviously, but Trevor Lawrence was able to actually go one for one with his touchdown to interception ratio. He threw more than 200 yards. Christian Kirk seemed to be playing well. Um, and I agree with Mitch. When you're putting up all the statistics, but you're not scoring touchdowns for Indianapolis, that is very, very concerning. Indianapolis usually struggles against Jacksonville. I'm going to go with Jacksonville. Uh, yeah, here's my underdog pick. Uh, I'm taking Jacksonville to win the football game. Um, <clears throat> if it comes down to the injury report, uh, Indianapolis is walking in without their three best defensive play. Well, not without, but they're questionable at the moment. Uh, DeForest Buckner, Kenny Moore, and Sha- and uh, Shaquille Darius Leonard are all questionable. And then Michael Pittman Jr. and Alec Pierce, who we are expected number one and number two pass catchers, questionable as well. Jacksonville's walking in um, healthy. And and I think uh, there were a lot of people who picked Washington to win that game and to pick Washington to win that game pretty decisively. And Jacksonville had every opportunity. A missed two-point conversion um, early in the game kind of put the team in a bad situation. Um, I think Doug Peterson shows the aggression that's needed. I think the Jacksonville defense and that pass rush is going to have a couple more opportunities to get home. Um, I worry about their pass defense, but I, if Trevor Lawrence can just keep his decision-making solid, because that's the thing that looked bad against Washington, wasn't necessarily the accuracy, wasn't the, the arm strength, wasn't his ability to read the, de- the defense. It was that decision-making once read that I kind of worried about, but I am going to take Jacksonville as my underdog to beat the Colts last noon game. Scott, uh, Mitch, ki- uh, sorry, Mitch kicked us off last time, right? Yes, Skyler, uh, kick us off here. Dolphins at Ravens. Mike McDaniel's and the Dolphins one and zero heading to Baltimore um, in a rematch of a Thursday night game last year that had had to see one of the craziest plays when the offensive lineman uh, picked up the fumble Should've... or caught caught the uh, deflection and then uh, almost got into the end zone, which was Should've crazy. Should have been a touchdown. Uh, and uh, a Ravens team who won 24 to nine last week against the Jets line is Ravens at three and a half. And everybody and their brother is picking the Ravens to win here. Uh, who are you taking? The Ravens. Um, uh, um, for one simple key reason, um, <coughs> for Miami to win this game, they're going to have to throw the ball. Um, and while they were able to do that somewhat successfully against New England, I don't know if they're going to be able to do that as successfully against uh, Baltimore. Baltimore has a much better defensive backcourt. Um, Baltimore also has just like they're a much better structured team um, uh, in terms of how 
that defensive back people is playing. Because again, we coming into the season, we knew New England, the weakness of what was going to be the weakness of this New England defense. It was going to be their backfield. They had lost J.C. Jackson. They were relying on rookies and undefeated. Uh, rookies, uh, old free agents and undrafted free agents to come in and fill that hole of a very good um, secondary. That's not the problem with Baltimore. Uh, Baltimore is going to be schematically sound and talently sound when it comes to what they're going to be able to produce. When I'm looking at Miami, what is the weakness of that Miami defense right through the middle of that field? What is the one strength of this uh, Baltimore offense? right down the middle of that fucking field when it comes to passing the ball. They passed the ball super efficiently last week, um, which is something that surprised me um, as the person that was not thinking that Baltimore could throw the ball really at all. Uh, But still, Rashad Bateman was their leading receiver at two catches for 59 yards in that touchdown. Um, Mark Andrews is going to get the ball a lot in this game. And in last the last game that they played in, it was in Miami. It was during, it was a wet game. They weren't able to be very efficient. The ball was slipping out of people's hands, things like that. Um, for God's sakes, offensive linemen were juking people. Uh, it, it's going to come down to, it, I'm going to pick Baltimore because Baltimore is more schematically sound and uh, Lamar Jackson is healthy. We know that he's healthy. And this offense is looking good. I'm Baltimore. Um, uh, yeah, I'm taking Baltimore also. Um, I think Skyler hit it on the head. Secondary is solid. Um, I, I I thought Lamar Jackson looked really good actually as a as a passer last week. He had an interception, but he had three touchdowns. Um, he's going to struggle running the ball because that's. I think the linebackers for Miami actually line up really well in terms of being able to stop Lamar Jackson from doing exactly that. But we talked about Miami lost a bit of their pass rush um, last season or uh, heading into this season. And Tyree kill is great, but Tua is the one who's going to have to throw him the ball. If Tua can do it two weeks in a row, I think some narratives can start to change, but I'm going to take Baltimore to win the game. Yeah, I'm going to go with Baltimore as well. Um, it looks like J.K. Dobbins is trending towards playing, so I think the the rush attack will be a lot better than they were able to do against the Jets. Um, like you guys said, Marlon Humphrey and uh, Marcus Peters are uh, different breeds of corners than anything that the Patriots have right now. Um, and it's kind of – and I think that the Ravens' defense has a little bit more juice um, uh, when it comes to the pass rushing department as well. Um and I kind of thought it was a little bit concerning that uh, uh, Mike McDaniels really didn't use Mike Kosecki, um uh, a whole lot just because he seems to have a really good connection with Tua. Um, and with all the strengths that the Baltimore does have on defense, the linebacking core has kind of been the weakness since, uh, you know, Ray Lewis and the uh, Suggs weren't, uh, have been there. So I don't, I don't know if they'll be able to take care, take advantage of that mismatch. So I'm going to roll with Baltimore. All right, I'll kick us off. Denver uh, hosting the Houston Texans. I, I was really tempted to take Houston in this football game after what I saw out of Denver and honestly Houston tying that football game. But Houston's passing defense looked awful. Their rushing defense looked awful. If Rodrigo Blankenship is slightly more accurate, the game is a total wipeout really for uh, Indianapolis. Houston got off to an early lead. They were up 17-3, to but they fell apart. I don't think Denver's going to fall into the same mistakes they did last week. I hope Russell Wilson's finally going to start throwing the ball to some wide receivers. Um, and and I, I, for most of the game plan, I liked what Nathaniel Hackett was doing. 
Um, but the execution just wasn't there. What I worry about with Denver, Justin Simmons placed on injury reserve, but I don't think, you know, Davis Mills looked okay for that first half, um, kind of fell apart the second half, but Houston's inability to run the ball very effectively, I, I think it's just going to hurt overall. I'm going to pick Denver to win the game. Yeah, I'm going to go with Denver as well, um, even though they had a rough start. Um, I still think they're, uh, compared to the Colts, who, you know, Houston had to play, they're facing a better quarterback. Outside of the running game, it's pretty much better weapons. Jerry Juni had a pretty solid game, uh, you know, four catches, 102 yards, and a touchdown. So I think they'll be able to get them trouble. Um, and the, with Bradley Chubb and uh, Randy Gregory coming off the edges, I think they'll be able to get a little, little bit more pressure than uh, Indianapolis was able to against Houston. Oh, excuse me. Um, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Denver as well. I I agree with my co-host. I think that Houston is is doing good things, but um, we still have to kind of see how that. I can't find this game. Uh, I, I'm still not ready to be willing to pick them until I can see them do it consistently. Um, Denver is offensively going to be, and defensively, just a little bit of a different breed than Indianapolis is. Um, it's a different kind of system, a different dynamic in times of time, ter- type of quarterback. Um, can Houston get to Russell Wilson? Can they cause problems? Can that defensive backfield uphold? Can Davis Mills understand the pressure that's going to be on him with guys like Bradley Chubb and Randy Gregory coming down on him is um like how is that going to how how do they do that how does the defense hold Lovey Smith how does he does does his team continue to trend in the right direction and does he uh keep his job over a year we'll see um it's those kinds of things and and when I'm thinking about those those um like consistency questions, I'm going to go with a team that I know that can be a little bit more consistent or a quarterback I know that can be more consistent, and that's going to be Denver. Um, Alrighty, so uh, Mitch, start us off here. Uh, Falcons at Rams. Uh, Rams, seven sacks, three turnovers, lost the game. Falcons, great performance out of Drake London, five catches, 74 yards. Falcons, Rams, who are you taking? Yeah, I'm going to go with the Rams. Uh, Falcons obviously are nowhere near the caliber of the Buffalo Bills, and um, I think this will be a a good game for them to figure out the offense outside of Cooper Cup. Yeah, I'm also going to go with the Rams. Um, I think that Atlanta showed um, some good things when it came to what they were able to do against uh, New Orleans, but Los Angeles in terms of a defense is going to be a little bit different. Uh, I don't think that Jalen Ramsey is going to have as bad of a game as he did um, again uh, against the Buffalo Bills, especially because he hasn't gone up against Stephon Diggs and Gabriel Davis. Um, I think that that rushing attack, whether it be Daryl Henderson or Cam Akers, is going to be able to find some holes on that defense. I think that's whether it's Skaronic or Allen Robinson or whoever is going to be able to play well honestly i didn't recognize skoronic when he was playing yeah. for the rams because he had the long blonde hair um because he's like i'm just so used to him being so tall and like yeah lanky and he didn't look that way at all um i the defense bobby wagner is gonna like b- between bobby wagner jalen ramsey and, and aaron donald that's a disciplined veteran defense that's gonna be able to figure shit out so um i'm gonna go with los angeles all right, Scott, kick us off here. Seattle at San Francisco. Now, you also picked Los Angeles, Brady? Yeah, no, I'm so sorry. I just I skipped over my segment. Yes, I'm also picking Los Angeles. Um, the Falcons had four sacks last week, um, but I, 
they I don't think they have a pass rusher as dominant as Von Miller, who makes other guys like AJ Epinesa and Jordan Phillips better. Um, the Rams offensive line is going to play better if they can get their run game going. They'll have opportunities. And Jalen Ramsey, not only does he not have to deal with Stephon Diggs or Gabe Davis, he doesn't have to deal with Josh Allen throwing the football around. And Josh Allen was extremely good week one. Uh, Marcus Mariota didn't look bad, but he didn't look as good as Josh Allen. I'm taking the Rams. Skyler, <clears throat> kick us off Seattle at San Francisco. Seattle coming off uh, the win against Denver, San Francisco losing to Chicago. However, injury reports already looking extensive for both these teams. Jamal Adams out, most likely out this season uh, with a knee injury. Um, and then Elijah Mitchell, Jordan Willis on injured reserve for the 49ers. And George Kittle did not partake in practice today. No word on, on him. He's questionable right now. San Francisco, Seattle, who you take him? Taking San Francisco for one reason and one reason only. Um, Robbie Gold has been gold, has been gold huh, um, since he left Chicago. And so if it comes down to a field goal kick, I can trust Robbie Gold to, to kick that field goal. Second off, Shanahan isn't going to make a dumb rookie coach mistake in terms of not calling a timeout when he has three timeouts and 40 seconds left on the clock. Um, also, it's not going to be – I don't think the forecast is calling for, you know, torrential downpour um, in San Francisco. I think it's going to be nice and sunny and a wonderful September day in, in the Bay Area. Cloudy um, in 68. You know what? Sounds like the Bay Area, <laughs> um, honestly. Uh, it's not – is it going to be raining but like it's going to like it was in Chicago? No, it's just cloudy. Okay. Um, what I'm thinking about uh, what uh, – how – Chicago took advantage of San Francisco. They were efficient in the red zone when they needed to be. They were able to uh, take advantage of that secondary, and then they were able to get to the quarterback. I don't think that Seattle is going to be able to do those same things. They don't have a pass rusher that's going to be able to get to Trey Lance um, like uh, Dominique Robinson did. Again, before that week, we didn't think Dominique Robinson was going to be able to do it anyways. Um, but Trey Lance is too mobile. This is a second. This that's That first week jitters are out. The the conditions are going to be more favorable. I'm going to San Francisco. Yeah, I'm also going San Francisco. The penalties I can't attribute to the weather. A lot of the offensive struggles I can. Um, I worry about no Elijah Mitchell, but I – the matchup that's going to be most interesting is that Seattle did an interesting thing with Uchenna Nwosu, um, which is where they kind of had him play spy for a huge part of the game against Denver. I think he's going to have the ability to do that against Trey Lance, but I think that without the conditions, Trey Lance is going to be able to whip the ball a little bit more. I, I worry about San Francisco's discipline. I worry about their injuries, and I worry about that offensive line. But all in all, I have a little bit more faith in San Francisco. Um, I will say that if – Seattle wins this football game. We're going to have to start paying attention to the early part of the season here. Uh, Mitch, who are you taking? I'm going with Seattle. Um, look, Geno Smith already has an established chemistry with the, you know, Ty Lockett and DK Metcalf. Um, and we're getting Shafarius Ward. I still have some concerns with the secondary. Um, and those are going to be two tough guys from the cover. And just kind of looking at the, San Francisco offense, I, I think it's going to take some time from Trey Lance to be the guy that everybody thinks he can be. Um, and it's really concerning with the run game that Trey Lance was the leading rusher, even with an Elijah Mitchell healthy. And now with him gone and Jeff Wilson being your top back, I'm a little worried about that. And that Juwan Jennings was your leading uh, uh, catcher last week when you still do have Debo Samuel on your team. Um, 
So I'm going to roll Seattle just because I believe in them a little bit more. And I still think it's going to take some time before San Francisco can hit their peak. All righty. Um, I'll kick us off here uh, with Cincinnati at Dallas. This is easy. I'm going Cincinnati. No Dak Prescott, no problem. Um, Mark, Michael Parsons is going to have the opportunity to feast, but for all of their miscues last week, Cincinnati was Evan McPherson away from winning that football game and winning it pretty convincingly. I, I don't think they're going to struggle again in week two. Um, so, yeah, I'm taking Cincinnati. Cincinnati, no deck, no chance. Yeah, Cincinnati. All righty. So then, uh, Mitch, kick us off here. Cardinals at Raiders. Uh, uh, both teams starting 0-1. Still no DeAndre Hopkins for the uh, Arizona Cardinals. J.J. Um, uh, Watt questionable. Jalen uh, uh, Thompson questionable. But we saw just how bad that Raiders uh, offensive line was and how bad they were, uh, how bad Derek Carr was in that game. Who are you taking? Uh, Raiders easily. Um, they don't have to worry about uh, pass rush. Uh, even in the same galaxy as uh, Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack uh, when it comes to this Cardinals defense. Um, we've talked about how Buda Baker and Jalen Thompson are the really only secondary players. So uh, Devontae Adams should have a nice day. Um, and a defensive tackle has been an issue. So I think Josh Jacobs can get it going. Um, and Arizona's lines is kind of suspect. So I think Chandler Jones and Matt Crosby can feast. So I think we'll see the Raiders potential in this game. Um. I'm going to go with Las Vegas. I'm going to go with Las Vegas. I think that when we're looking at um, what what Kansas City was able to do to this defense last week is going to be very similar um, to uh, what Las Vegas is going to be able to do. You have Darren Waller, who again, yes, Brady said four catches in the fourth quarter, but four catches for 79 yards. That's that's a pretty decent chunk of what you can be able to produce. Devontae Adams is going to be able to go up against whatever defensive back is lining across from him. Hunter Renfro um, can work Maslon on the outside. If they trust the trust the run game and are able to make the team more than one-dimensional, I think this is going to be a blowout. Um, I, I think it might be a 2 XP weekend, so, uh, so uh, <laughs> Kyler Murray. <laughs> Kyler Murray's not going to be super efficient. Um and DeAndre Hopkins still isn't in the game, so they can't take advantage of uh, a weaker uh, Raiders secondary. Uh, yeah, I'm going Raiders as well. Um, Arizona doesn't have the pass rush that the Chargers did. They don't have the secondary players that the Chargers do, and Devontae Adams is going to have a great game. But even if he doesn't, you've still got Darren Waller. You've still got Hunter Renfro. You've still got Josh Jacobs out of the backfield. Offensive line is going to struggle. Uh, I this is a game that cars needs to get out of it without turn without turning the ball over. It's as simple as that. Um, but Devonte should have a, a, a pretty solid game. So for fantasy owners, I'd start him. Um, if you haven't already, um, you hear that Mitch. So, uh, Tennessee at Buffalo, Skyler, get us kicked off here. Uh, Tennessee at Buffalo bills coming off of a win against the reigning Super Bowl champion, Tennessee coming off that loss to the Giants the in that game. We forgot the Sunday night game. No, because Tennessee Buffalo is the last. No, it's not. It's Chicago night. Green Bay is. Oh, there's two Monday night games. Yeah, yes. I'm so sorry. I didn't realize that both of those games were Monday. I thought Tennessee. Yeah. So they, they sorry. Pushed the, they pushed the Monday night doubleheader out of Week One and put it in Week Two. Yes, that I apologize. So uh, instead, we'll head over to Sunday night Chicago at Green Bay. 
Um, Skyler, get us kicked off. Uh, Bears coming off that win against San Francisco. Green Bay losing to Minnesota. Uh, who are you taking? You're all going to hate me. I'm taking Chicago. Um, a, a, I mean, when we're talking about kind of like revenge games, uh, you got uh, who's who was the – it's not Nathaniel Hackett because he's the – Luke Etsy. Luke Etsy. Yeah. Uh, called a pretty – I honestly think called a pretty good offensive game plan um, for San Francisco. Um, and I think, again, the conditions aren't going to be shit like they were last week. Um, so that is definitely going to help uh, when it comes to running the ball, passing the ball, all times of what the offense can do. Um, they were able to exploit mistakes that were made by uh, San Francisco and use them while they weren't, like, gaining a lot on yards. Because, again, like Brady, Brady ran through the statistics. They weren't killing it any way, in any way when it came to running or passing the ball. Um, they weren't. Uh, destroying anybody a, a wide receiver didn't really have a catch until eq um eq was able to catch that touchdown in the second half but they were able to play clutch they were able to play well and that defense actually looked like a bears defense um they were back to sound fundamentals raquan smith was having a good game uh dominique robinson played well um i don't think that they're going to have the same success for sacks um and two turnovers like minnesota did but i do think that in terms of knowing what the weaknesses for this defense is, it's going to be it's going to work well. I do believe that Bakhtiari is still questionable. Bakhtiari and Jenkins are both questionable. So is Lazard. However, all of them did practice Wednesday. Okay, still all questionable. So that is still hurt, um, and I still think it's going to take an extra week for some of those uh, rookies to be able to get into group. I think that Chicago again or Green Bay. Yes, it's going to be rough. It's you're going to figure it out. I have all the faith in the world that you're going to figure it out. Um, but I think it, it's going to be rough. And I think that this is one of those rough games. And um, I would not be surprised if Chicago ekes us out. Um, uh, yeah, I'm going to disagree with Skyler. Um, Justin Fields, 8 of 17. Your wide receivers are non-existent. David Montgomery is expected to play, but your uh, running game isn't really there. Um, defensively, you played okay, but the Niners shot themselves in the foot with 12 penalties. Green Bay had, jeez, uh, what? three penalties, I think, against Minnesota. Um, not even, two penalties against Minnesota. Um, and uh, as long as I think any of the three guys, Elton Jenkins, David Bakhtiari, or Alan Lazard play, the offense is going to be humming quite a bit more. Defense actually still looked good, given the things that Minnesota throws at them. Um, and, and, and Chicago doesn't have anyone near the level of Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, or Dalvin Cook, and Green Bay still played well against two out of three of those guys. Um, I'm gonna take Green Bay, but it's yeah. gonna if if they lose, it's gonna kill me. <laughs> yeah, I'm taking Green Bay. Um, like Brady said, uh, Chicago doesn't have anywhere near the playmaker of a Justin Jefferson, so I think the secondary um, will respond pretty well. Um, you know, between Kenny Clark, Rashawn Gary, and Preston Smith, I I think we'll be able to get the pretty good pressure against Justin Fields. Um, and with uh, not having to face Neil Hunter and Zadarius Smith, who, you know, when they're healthy are Pro Bowl, All Pro kind of talents, um, I think they'll be fine with a uh, 34-year-old Robert Quinn, really the only pass rusher uh, to super worry about. Um, and I think that Matt Lafleur will go back to the drawing board and gets uh, Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon more uh, into this game plan. Um, and with the addition of Alan Lazard, uh, I think the offense will be uh, better in rhythm. Absolutely. So now we'll go to Tennessee Buffalo. 
um, where I'll kick us off here. I already ran through stuff in regards to that before I realized I messed up. Um, I'm taking Buffalo. I, I Tennessee's defense looked awful against the Giants. Buffalo can't run the ball, but they'll have the opportunity. I want to see Buffalo give James Cook another chance after the fumble early on in his first carry. Um, I, I just <sighs> the Buffalo defensive line looks really solid, and their secondary is going to give Tannehill fits. I'm taking Buffalo. Taking Buffalo. Uh, if they can't beat the uh, if the Tennessee Titans can't beat the the Giants, they're going to be into a world of hurt trying to beat the Buffalo Bills. Hey, it wasn't too long ago where Tennessee was missing a lot of people during due to COVID, and everybody thought that they were going to get steamrolled and Buffalo and by Buffalo. And they lost on a Tuesday night game. Um, that being said, Buffalo is going to win this game. Yeah. Uh, because that uh defensive pass rush looked way too good. Uh Von Miller elevated the play of everyone around him. That defensive backfield looked really, really good, especially with um Poyer and um Hyde in the backfield. Um, it looked great. The the schematics that Sean McDermott is able to bring for to his team is is crazy. The offense did not miss a beat, honestly, actually looked uh, the play calling was was good without Dayball there, um, and they were able to carve up one of the better defensive teams in the in uh, the league. And I think we'll be able to do something similar to Tennessee. Mitch, wrapping up last last game, yeah. uh, uh, Minnesota at Philadelphia. Uh, Minnesota won against Green Bay. Philadelphia up thirty one to fourteen with ten minutes left in the third quarter before they allowed the uh, uh, Lions to come back, uh, make it a 30 to 35 football game there and barely eke out that win. A.J. Brown had a great game in his debut, 10 catches, 155 yards. Uh, Minnesota versus Philadelphia, very intriguing game. Two teams we kind of expect to see in playoff contention. Who are you taking? Yeah, I'm going to go with Philly. Uh, you know, it's in Philly, so you got that home field advantage. Um, you know, the secondary did, I think, a lot better than – job uh the vikings secondary did a lot better job than people obviously thought were going into that green bay game um but you know aj brown Devontae smith are are nowhere near the pass catchers that the packers have right now so i think that they're going to give them trouble um and going against this uh eagles defense especially that defensive line i think kirk crusher kirk cousins is going to be under pressure a lot um and just with how versatile this backfield or the secondary is for the eagles between uh uh, James Bradbury, who rounded back in the form and had a hell of a game. Darius Slay, one of the better corners. And a guy like Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, who knows how to get under people's skin. I think they're not going to make some of the same mistakes that the Packers did defensively. Um, so I say Eagles start out 2-0. Not so fast, my friends. I'm going to pick Minnesota to win this game. Um, and it really comes down to the fact that uh, one, I think Mitch is just picking opposite of me because he was upset about what happened last week and we picked very similar. I'm just kidding, Mitch. Um, it, it really comes down to uh, what I saw from Minnesota. The game plan was very similar to um, what O'Donnell was able to do in uh, Los Angeles. Give the ball to your best player. And they did. Uh, Justin Jefferson, eight catches for 189 yards and two touchdowns. Nine catches, a buck eighty-four, and two touchdowns. I was that was pretty damn close. Yeah, you were pretty close. Yeah. Um. Uh. I. I. And then when you weren't getting getting him the ball, you were able to find Thielen. You were able to find Cook. You were able to get other people the ball. I mean, yes. Efficiency wise, they didn't run the ball very well, but they stuck to it. 
um, had 126 yards. They never were trying to become one-dimensional. They continued to use that running game as a threat. And when we're talking about a Philadelphia Eagle defense that is getting better, I will continue. I will totally hype that up. Did great. Um, but that offensive line is still kind of a concern for what they're what they're doing. And uh, Daniel Hunter and uh, Zadarius Smith and the Vikings defense lived in that backfield last uh, in uh, Green Bay Packer backfield, which I would say had a better offensive line. Um, I think that all around Minnesota is going to is going like it's going to be a very very close game. But when I'm looking at top to bottom, what I think has a better offensive offensive scheme. Devontae Smith didn't even have a catch last week um, against uh, uh, a Detroit team in which he should be able to get generate some kind of offense with. Um, that I I have to go with uh, Minnesota. Uh, I'm going to agree with Skyler and I'm going to pick Minnesota here. Um, and the, the ultimate thing comes down to Philadelphia's really bad rushing defense. I mean, they gave up 181 yards against Detroit, 144 yards to DeAndre Swift. Dalvin Cook had a tough day, but I don't think I don't think Philadelphia's defensive line is as good as Green Bay's is. I don't think Philadelphia's pass rush without Derek Barnett, who's now out for the season, is as good as Green Bay's was. Um, Philadelphia has a solid secondary but I don't think their secondary is as good as Green Bay's is. Um, and, and the offensive line, Philadelphia's got a better offensive line than Green Bay when Elton Jenkins and David Bakhtiari aren't playing. But when they're not, the hat goes to Green Bay. Um, Philadelphia is a great balanced attack, rushing and passing. But we saw that what the Minnesota defense wants to do, they're not going to give up the big plays, and that's where A.J. Brown lives. I think he's not going to have as effective a day. We, we remain to see... A lot out of Jalen Hurts, who played well but not fantastic against Detroit, um, and and the Philadelphia defense allowed Detroit right back into that football game. Um, I, I'm going to pick Minnesota to win this game and start two and zero. I, I think that Minnesota and Dalvin Cook, it, less than Justin Jefferson this week, I think Dalvin Cook is going to have a good day. Um, that Minnesota offensive line had had really solid moments, but they got to get that rushing game going uh, on a consistent basis. It can't just be three yards in a cloud of dust. Um, they've got to they've got to break off some good runs there. Minnesota is going to scheme their guys very well. That's that's the Sean McVay system. Um, so I'm going to take Minnesota to win the game and start the season out two and zero. Oh. So those are our picks. Uh, we appreciate you guys for tuning in. We'll get this stuff um, uh, posted here. Follow us on Twitter and Spotify. Email us your guys' thoughts fourstringsp at gmail.com. And we will be back next week with college football week in review, NFL look ahead, baseball postseason heating up. Uh, basketball is right around the the, uh, the corner, and Skyler World Cup starts in December. Yep, oh November. In November, so that's that's starting soon uh, as well. The rest of the world Super Bowl. Um, we appreciate you guys for tuning in. Have a fantastic night.